0: Hello and welcome to 361 Degrees Podcast. I am Ewan McLeod from Mobile Industry Review. Now, I want to point out that that was the music that was almost from the, that Mrs. Robertson film. I can't remember the name of it. Anyway, uh, first of all, uh, Mr. Smith, could you introduce yourself?
1: Yes, hello, I'm Ben Smith from Wireless Worker, um, and um, yes, hello, and it wasn't Mrs. Robinson music anyway, I chose that, I like that, it's very nice music it indeed. It is so-
0: very much Mrs. Robinson, and I, if anything, it puts us over the, the age of uh, 40 for the, uh, the listening bracket, I think.
1: Well, I have to warn you, you've only been in 15 seconds into, into hosting this podcast, and I'm already thinking about not letting you do it again. Anyway, let's introduce Rafe.
2: Uh, yes, well, I think it's very high-quality music in keeping with the podcast. And yes, hello, I'm Rose Blanford from All About Sympion.
0: Uh Right, well, I wanted to talk, this, this, uh, this podcast, episode 7, I wanted to talk about phones. Um, and I know we've been discussing the industry in previous podcasts, but now I want to talk about what is the favourite and um, key Handsets in your life. Now, I think I've owned maybe forty or fifty handsets in my um, my lifetime, and some of them really stand out. And the reminiscing, the um, the nostalgia, I think does have some value. So here's oh, what I'd like it, to do.
1: Go well, you on. know the problem with nostalgia, isn't it? What's that? There's a, there's, there's a terrible problem with nostalgia. Tell me. It's not what it used to be.
0: Ben, I think <laughs> you can be guaranteed, guaranteed. <laughs> To make that joke every quarter, I think, at least. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm you're, I'm you're very right. that out. <laughs> no, no, I think you should keep it in. I think you should keep it live. We're, we're we're rolling. Now, before we begin, I think it's important that we say hello to Mr. Stead, or Mr. Steed, Mike Steed, who is our key listener. Um, hello to everybody at All About Symbian, Mobile Industry Review, and Wireless Worker, but you don't count. You don't count because you haven't posted a comment on three th- uh, 361 Degrees. Uh, th- no, hold on a minute 361 degre.es or microsite so you've got to go there okay first up I want to talk about handsets that mean something to you okay and then second I want to talk about handsets that have been synonymous and uh, influential in the industry so uh, Ben lead us take us uh, take us from the the top here what is your favorite handset ever I I'm just trying to think actually we
1: were we were talking about this offline and I think the one that the one that made the biggest difference to me was probably the P800 which was the Sony Ericsson P800 I don't know if you remember it was kind of light blue it was sold in the UK at least it was sold um, exclusively through Orange and I switched to Orange to get a um, to get a contract with it, and I rushed out. It was probably the first handset I ever went down to a store on release day, having read about it before it came out and purchased, and it was... um Well, Rafe, you, you, you'll know the platform stuff because I'm a bit vague about this, but it was kind of... It was running Symbian, wasn't it? Although not the same one Epoch as Nokia or as well. Something.
2: Yes, it was running uh, UIQ2. Mm.
1: And um it was actually quite a nice UI, and it was it was really fat and really big, Uh it was... You know it, it wasn't the best phone I ever I ever had, but it was the first one that was probably felt like a real smartphone and um I, I, I loved it at the time I absolutely loved it.
2: I can't believe Ben said that. He's basically stolen my handset. This was my very first mobile phone that I owned entirely myself that hadn't been bought for me or I hadn't borrowed from someone else. And oh, it was like Ben God, I went how down young on, on the opening day. <laughs> <laughs> I went went down on opening day to the orange handset store and, and walked out with a very proud owner and you know, some of the features really stick with me, the lovely blue plastic, the really flaky stylus that kept falling off the side. You know, that really impressive camera, which uh, it wasn't much more than VGA, um, but it was in many senses the very first uh, smartphone that kind of also integrated all of that PDA functionality. It went beyond what the, uh, the 7650 and the had come before, and it wasn't, you know, the big communicator style. Um, and I think that was, yeah, we we're talking about year 2000, something like that, it was 2001, maybe.
1: Um I, yeah I think I got I think it would have been about 2001 I mean I suppose we probably should have done some research before before then but I think it was 2001 I was I was actually working up in Glasgow at that point and I braved walking walking through the center of Glasgow um to queue up at the orange shop um, to to buy one and um the the guys in the store all had them as demonstrators and I mean a bit like you I then sort of immediately lost or broke the it was a for anyone who's not familiar with it it was like a um a touchscreen tablet that you could with a, with a resistive screen that you could write on with a stylus that, and the stylus was flat and it clipped on the side of the device and had a propensity to fall off so i, I got through all of those really really quickly they weren't it didn't have a pen like stylus like like so many other devices that came after it and it also had a A keyboard which sort of folded down to allow you access to the full screen or folded up so that only half the screen was visible in a kind of a more traditional format and um, I found that actually um, sitting on those in pubs especially putting it in Jean's back pockets was a surefire way to snap those off so I was then a regular visitor to orange stores around the country for about the next 18 months as I replaced the various bits I snapped off but I mean Ewan the reason the reason I picked that as my most influential one was it was the first ever phone that gave me a taste of what a smartphone could be because before then i had phones i loved so i had um, a t28 she was an ericsson one which was that tiny tiny flat flip phone with a massively thick aerial on it mm-hmm. um and that was the first ever sort of really tiny portable phone and i loved that and and before that um I had a whole bunch of sort of dumb Nokia's, um, and I really lusted after my friend's Nokia 7110, which Rafe, that was the the, the Matrix phone, wasn't it? That had the kind of the the, the sprung-loaded flip-down mouthpiece. But
2: that, that's right. Everyone thinks of it as the Matrix phone, although it's not actually the Matrix phone. Um, but it was of course it wasn't actually it wasn't the, the
1: one in the film, was it? Was it the right. banana it, phone that sort of came
2: out just afterwards. And yes, it was known as the banana phone, or the one that you could sort of deadly weapon as the uh, bottom slide shot off and cut someone's neck off yeah <laughs> but just as you're talking about the p800 i just, because i've saddened, i keep my phones i've actually got the p800 in my hand now you have it, it's that not. lovely blue shade and also one of the things we haven't talked about yet was the jog wheel that you had on the side of the device which is something i still like to this day which was a way of scrolling up and down through menus very quickly and it was actually went in four different directions you could go up and down as well. So. Yes, I thought I'd just get that out and uh, impre- impress everyone with my geek credentials, but also rather embarrassing credentials.
1: And I actually met just... some. I met someone the other day who still uses a P800. He still he still carries it around. Now it's a, a, a a, an ex an ex colleague of mine, and he, he loves it. He's talking about buying an iPhone, but he's had it you know all that time, and still it's it's in his hands. It's still survived and it's still useful. Um, that shouldn't be allowed. The, <laughs> the other thing I, I remember about that, Rafe, is um, although it could do data, couldn't it? Um, at that point, there weren't many people offering data services, so I I, I I used this kind of dial-up service with Orange, where you sort of you you dialed a, almost you dialed a phone number and had a call open, and you were billed by the minute. It was like kind of dial-up modem at home, wasn't it?
2: That's right, circuit-switched data, and it was yes, just like the traditional modems, and worked in the same way. Of course, this was back in 2G days, so even if you did get a data connection, and even with the dial-up, it was pretty slow, so although there was a version of Opera for this, this was not sort of a, a web-surfing handset as we think of it today, although at the time it was very much ahead of its time. But I do remember I had it on the Orange Contractors we've been talking about, and I really splashed out because I got the Orange World 5 megabyte package <laughs> so that I could use 5 <laughs> megabytes of data for a month. <laughs> he-
0: he- was that stuff? unlimited?
1: <laughs> what about you, McLeod?
0: Uh dear. Right, well, so you were talking about the Sony Ericsson P eight hundred, right? Now I um and that uh, I'm just looking at Wikipedia, that the P eight hundred apparently was um introduced in two thousand two, right? Oh missed. No, um I uh, I really liked now you're probably not gonna remember this one and we do need to link to it. Um, in in the post, it's a Sony CMD Z five. Oh, with the do fold you... down mouthpiece. This is it. Do you remember this oh, one? I
1: do. I do. I loved. No, I loved. It was all, all the people
2: I'll... who were posing about.
1: Gone. I wasn't Blanford. old enough to own one because, of course, I, I you know I I think I was still in short trousers when they were. out My mum and dad wouldn't let me go and buy my own phone. But um, you know. <laughs> actually
2: yes, I, I... And I remember. Oh, sorry.
1: Well, I just—I think it's just struck me, actually. I think McLeod is younger than I am anyway, so I don't know why I'm doing old jokes. But anyway, tell us about the Sony.
0: 77, Smith. That's when I was born.
1: See? Younger than me. Well, when were you? 76.
0: See? You like go. a fine
1: wine, I've matured with age.
0: <laughs> right, okay. So this CMD Z5, this was apparently announced in 1999 or 2000. I've got two websites that give a different um, uh, time. Now, it was not a smartphone. It was a small, um, almost a candy bar, but um, quite. Um, it was eighty-eight centimeters uh, tall. Uh, sorry, not eighty-eight centimeters. Eight point eight centimeters tall. So small, um, just smaller than a Mars bar kind of kind of size. Gorgeous device. It was the first phone I ever had that had a an Internet Explorer WAP browser. Now this, I, I need to explain that this was a Sony. CMD Z5, not a Sony Ericsson. This is before Sony and Ericsson got together. So, this was Sony sending out um, one of their best handsets on the market. It was dual band, which I thought was amazing. Um, I, I really liked the fact I could browse web pages. Yes, the web pages looked rubbish, but however, what was really impressive and what I used to, you know, wow, girls or geeks, was uh, when you ran the browser, the Internet Explorer E icon. Would appear full screen, and that just looked amazing. Um was
1: it actually was it actually like the Microsoft one? Was it a proper tie-up with Microsoft?
0: No, 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 nothing. Did. It, it it basically just it was a Sony phone that happened to run the Microsoft Windows IE WAP browser. It just had a WAP lo- basically the IE logo on it, basically. Okay. Um, but that was it. Was pretty cool. Now, it had a jog dial like the P800. The jog dial very very important. That was really smart, really good, and then. Um the number one feature that I loved on this device was voicemail. It did voicemail on the device. so what I mean by that is when people would phone you and you couldn't answer it uh, or you chose not to answer it, you could actually choose to hear the you could listen you could hear them and the voicemail was recorded on the phone, so you could actually interrupt it on the phone. I thought that was nothing short of amazing gents. What do you reckon? Well, what happened when you went through a tunnel and like there was no reception to the phone? How did the call get through then? Well, I think I, I don't actually know what happened then because <laughs> one would imagine that if someone was trying, was leaving a voicemail message, <laughs> what would happen? That, that's shocking. Someone's was leaving a voicemail message for you and then it cuts off. <laughs> yeah, because of poor signal. <laughs> you, no, you, you'd probably, at that time, you'd probably blame your own signal actually. Um so anyway that so that my one was the CMD Z5 and I actually did go and buy one again from eBay for a tenner a while ago and it was just, it really is amazing. I do wonder why these companies don't go back to some of these uh, amazing um handsets. I got so much love for that phone. The battery lasted for ages. It was just amazing. Anyway, anyway, right. Next question for you gents is I'd like you to go through um so I need two more phones from you. Um I want another favorite from each of you and then I want um a, a next time or shortly and uh, the next round I want a um a seminal handset okay so right now ben what's your next favorite handset pick out no- another one
1: it's tricky um i think i'm going to cheat and have two although I'll I explain why. So the, the first one, and Rafe, you're, you're the Nokia nerd, so correct me. It's the one I had in, in 1999, and it was I think it was a 6210. So it was just a, a boring kind of candy bar style um, phone with a little stubby aerial on it. And that in that respect, that was nothing special. But it was the first phone I ever had with line two. So it had two phone numbers going to it. And it was the one where I had my personal number and my work number you know, going to the same handset, and I could make you know calls from one and receive calls on the other, and it was just like science. And everybody who who rang me was amazingly impressed that that I had you know, two numbers on there. And I I don't the phone wasn't very special, but it was one of the few, uh, and I think it was only Orange was the only network that ever implemented it that did you know that kind of fancy two line thing. But for me, the next one that was kind of seminal, and I kind of had this bizarre love hate relationship with it, was the o2 xda which um i think it was sold in other markets not just on o2 but it was a it was sort of it was htc's entry into the uk Mm -hmm. market it was a windows mobile um you know tab well i want to say tablet it was a it was a big sort of handheld resistive screen touch phone it ran windows mobile and it was slow and it crashed and it was unreliable but for me that was the first time a business work ever gave me a handset to use as a business tool it was all hooked up to my work email and it was more than a blackberry because at that point for me blackberries were just email because i could do web browsing on it and it synced my contacts and it was the full the full monty i mean features that i think you know quickly got overtaken but for me that was that was a real wow because it was when um, smartphones suddenly became you know kind of in, important in in your day job and then you know obviously uh you know kind of wireless worker kind of emerged from then sort of what almost nine
0: ten years of of working with phones after that and mr Blandford. um what's yours
2: uh it, it's incredibly difficult choosing just one and i'm going to sort of cop out a little bit here and and say n95 but it was for me a phone that you know did change things quite a lot and i was actually fortunate enough to be in new york for the launch event of that particular device and I can remember actually writing about it um, sort of the day before and bizarrely for whatever reason um, Nokia press relations didn't seem to have a problem with that I think it did cause some reactions later on but then uh, you know it was picked up by some other blogs and they accused me of making it all up because this couldn't possibly be true because there was no way a handset could combine a five megapixel camera GPS and at the time it was really trend setting uh, you know it really did break the mold as it happened the software on it when it first came out was really quite buggy uh, and didn't work very well and it took quite a few software updates to get to be the point where it became the handset that was really in a lot of ways nokia's last hit smartphone as according to a lot of people i think that underplayed some of the handsets that came later but nonetheless this was the idea of the handset that combined everything into one it was convergence at its peak but it also started introducing the idea of services so it had a early version of nokia maps on it which was basically just a rebrand of uh, uh, mapgate smart to go software and uh I, you know i loved that phone you know i took many images with it and uh it was in in some ways the birth of that modern smartphone what had gone before was really just you know other phones on the steroids with the extra bits but this was really something that Really broke the mold, and I, I imagine both of you probably owned N95 or N95 8 gigabyte at Definitely. one point. And did did you find it, you know, sort of similarly, you know, uh, rather awe inspiring when you look back on it and consider what it was at the time?
0: Well, I mean, the N95 was, I was thinking of putting that on my list, but uh, for this conversation, but I thought that you, Rafe, would probably pick on it. I mean, I remember walking through Liverpool Street Station in London and seeing the advertisement saying N95. The multimedia computer, or something like that, you know, has arrived, and you know, it was a phenomenal device absolutely phenomenal. Smith, what did you have a 95? No, I, I feel like a, a complete letdown because I didn't, I never owned an N95,
1: but, but but bear with me, there's a reason because at that point, I was absolutely in love with my E61, which was Nokia's mm-hmm. kind of big, fat, um, BlackBerry-alike device and i had it all hooked up to mail for exchange and i was i was really really comms focused so when the n95 came along it kind of passed me by um really for for a little while certainly as i was changing handsets but i then immediately rushed out and bought the n82 as soon as i possibly could which was in Mm -hmm. in in many respects had the same sort of feature set as the n95 didn't it but it didn't have the slidey screen it was smaller form factor and um, if memory serves rafe the the camera on it Because of the xenon flash actually was better for a lot of people and i was very camera focused at that point
2: yes it was really uh nokia's second big camera phone following on from the i think it was the n93 or the n90 which are the two transformers and yes i think in a lot of ways the n82 was almost a better handset than the n95 in terms of the build quality and the overall features you did get that xenon flash which i mean takes pictures which even now you know are still quite impressive looking back on them they're sort of certainly equivalent to what my digital camera was at the time um and in, in, you know that xenon flash yes uh, it just brings me up brings back the memories
1: back when back when nokia used to produce epic hardware but really unfortunately buggy software oh no hang on a minute that's
0: oh, I, i've gone down a rabbit hole there um so mcleod what about you Yes, right. So my second favourite is uh, actually a BlackBerry. Uh,
2: oh, boo. It, boo. Come on, come on! Hold on a minute. Boo. Listen,
0: the Blackberries when they arrived into the marketplace were phenomenal. So let me just give you uh, a background there. The, the, it's a BlackBerry seven two three zero, right? Which was the blue plastic one, right? Okay, and they arrived in the UK on O two, but you had in order to use them, you had to go and buy. Uh, like a an exchange server, <laughs> um, and then put BlackBerry Exchange ser- or a BlackBerry server on top of it. I think so. Um, it was only available
1: for business users. This was back in the days before Biz, which is the kind of the one that lets totally. you get your Gmail and Hotmail. Came along yeah? exactly,
0: exactly. So you had to actually be a best customer. You had to buy a minimum of five handsets, and I just thought, oh, I I can't do that. Um, then T Mobile. I think I'm right in saying T Mobile actually introduced Biz. So, i.e instant email for the consumer and it was for me phenomenal i'll tell you why the device itself you know i could take it or leave it and particularly given um, what nokia was doing at the time it wasn't you know definitely wasn't amazing but the battery did last five days okay and email arrived instantaneously and the the, the thing that got really got me excited to hear but this device was I was able finally first time ever a point I did with the XDA, but it wasn't as cool with BlackBerry I could actually get off a plane somewhere in Europe or sometimes in the States depending on the time of year or sorry the year you know um, we're talking here because this I think this was back in 2003 or 2004 um, I could get off the plane um, and then the email would arrive in and I would be replying to email and my clients wouldn't know or care that I was in a different country. And that was critical to me, right? I could do what I wanted. I could take the day off and still be able to do my email and still be connected to clients. Now, seminal handsets, handsets that you think transformed the marketplace. Um So, Ben, over to you. What, what was your seminal? What was your handset that really changed things uh, for the marketplace? Well
1: obviously the temptation is to say iPhone, the original iPhone. But mm. I, I think that there's this if you if you think about it a bit more, there's there's some sort of more hidden ones behind the scenes and I'm gonna get the name wrong and I'm sure Rafe will jump in and correct me, but um I think for me one of the earliest ones that changed the market was the Orange's SPV handset, which was like um mm. a candy bar Windows mobile device that Love still it. had regular Love keys. It
2: and that's right it was was actually the very first uh, Windows mobile device and it was SPV was the first one they then did follow-ups which stood for sound picture vision and it was also the HTC canary so it was a really big deal after Microsoft had sort of messed up the Sendo thing um, HTC stepped into the breach and okay it didn't have a camera but in other respects it was you know had everything modern smartphone we'd expect it from
1: and there were two reasons I, I kind of think this is seminal one is it was the birth of HTC in, in my life anyway you know I didn't know it was HTC at the time but I mean look at what they are now they were very very smart about producing operator branded handsets until the point where they were big enough to then have their own identity and they've grown that you know over time and, and let's face it I think they still produce a huge amount of oper- operator branded stuff as well although the Huawei's and the ZTE's are beginning to sort of creep into that um, but the the reason I, I was saying that is that that one was the first Phone that was sold, to my knowledge, in the UK, and this is you know a very UK centric conversation, so Apologies to anyone who's listening from outside. Um, with a data tariff, it came with an unlimited data plan, and certainly at launch, as I as I remember it, it really was unlimited, or certainly so large that you couldn't use it. Now later on, I believe that was um, that was later limited, and it went back to a sort of a more traditional model. But it was the first ever handset where they realised that to get the value out of this smartphone. System, it wasn't just about what was on the handset, it's about how connected it was. And you know, years and years later, you see things like the original iPhone coming along, and people wowing about oh, it comes with only it only comes with these tariffs that have data, and that's revolutionary. But actually, all the way back before that, the the Orange SPV changed the UK market,
0: Mr. Blanford. Uh, Ray,
1: Ray, 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 Ray's flipping through his big uh, Rafepedia looking for uh, model
2: yes. numbers for me, I think. So, sorry, I was just uh, fondling my SPV phone.
0: <laughs> Have you got the yeah. SPV 500, Rafe? c 500 The branded one. I love this, that. This drawer
1: must be amazingly big. Rafe, will you take a picture of just some of these phones on your desk and we'll use it as the, the image uh, for this podcast?
2: I I will it might be a bit embarrassing because there's quite a few phones in this drawer but anyway uh, to to answer the question I'm actually going to go back in time a little bit I didn't ever own this handset but um, the thing that still amazes me most about mobile phones is the ability to pick it up dial a number and get pretty much anywhere anywhere in the world from wherever you happen to be and that still feels like magic to me with all the stuff we've added on and so and that's really down to the gsm communication standard so to represent that i'm actually going to pick out the very first gsm phone which was the nokia 1011 and it was fact here you know bits of trivia we'd like to provide you with on 361 degrees it was called the 1011 because it refers to its launch date which was on the uh, 10th of uh november i'm just trying to remember the year i think it was 1992. Um, It doesn't look like, you know, the typical Nokias we have today, didn't even have the Nokia ringtone, for example, that didn't come in until the 2100 series. But uh, that as a landmark for the mobile phone industry, you know, it goes back a long time. But all the stuff we talk about smartphones and all the services, it did all start out with voice. And still that sort of sense of communication, that sense of wonder of being able to pick up the handset and reach someone on the other side of the world. Still, you know, it still amazes me the way all of that works, and so for that reason, picking out the Nokia 1011.
1: It's a uh, it, it's very, like a, very a walk cool. through history. Rafe, uh, Ewan, what about you, mate?
0: <laughs> right. Uh, okay, so my seminal handset is actually one that's been mentioned already. Well, no, 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 no. Okay, I'll go for the E61i. So the E61 is the one that Ben mentioned earlier. The E61i was a well. Actually, Rafe, could you briefly introduce that?
2: The E61i, yeah, it was the follow-up to the E61, but actually made an attempt to make it look elegant. The E61 looked like a calculator, and the E61i didn't actually introduce all that much in the way of new features. Uh, but it did improve the keyboard and actually had a, a better web browser in it and that was deemed the critical functionality to make it look shiny and it was sort of black as opposed to silver.
0: Right. See now I do love the fact that you can actually say, Rafe, what's the difference between X and Y? And boom, he is an encyclopedia. Fascinating. Uh so thank you for that, Rafe. No, oh, so the sixty one I, the reason that was seminal for me was so yeah, um uh, maybe five years before that I'd been using the Blackberry phenomenal, loved it. I loved this instant email. Um the problem with instant email on the BlackBerry was I didn't have B E S, right? I didn't have uh or um yeah, I didn't have the facility to uh, map my folders and my inbox beautifully. So if I deleted something on my BlackBerry it would not delete in my Outlook. So that was annoying. Um and the expense of getting a Bez was just, you know, I didn't even bother thinking about that so with the e sixty one i what really rocked my planet and changed my world was good mobile messaging and it's still available it's actually in um uh it's really uh, going going great guns on android and um an iphone at the minute the good platform and it's g o o d good dot com but um at this time uh it must have been four or five years ago um I was able to hook my exchange account into my Nokia phone. I didn't want a BlackBerry at that point. I wanted a Nokia handset, the E61, which had a camera in it. It was pretty good quality. The device I absolutely loved and good moment messaging gave me exchange capabilities uh, in a standalone application on the device. And it was phenomenal. Again, it was the messaging. The messaging is key for me. The the I do so much business on the handset. I need to be able to get my contacts, my calendar. Um, and my my inbox syncing properly. So the sixty one with a keyboard, the sixty one i with a keyboard, and uh, the the flexibility of the software on good the good mobile messaging software was just what's the word? I I'm I'm lost for words. It was phenomenally good. Gents, can we try and mention a few obscure phones or or, or different handsets? Um, ben, why don't you go first?
1: Uh, you you were gonna. You're gonna absolutely piss yourself laughing, but um, I owned the first Motorola
0: Razr. Um Hey, I, hey, hold on a minute! I paid five hundred quid for my Razor.
1: Oh, I thought I was gonna have a walk of shame <laughs> on this podcast, but you've just blown that away because I, I, I waited. <laughs> I, I waited till just after launch, and I went, and I. It was my first ever Vodafone contract, and um, it, it's strange actually how kind of it's only very recently that I've started to have handsets that aren't kind of directly I don't directly associate with a network because they've you know the networks brought them out first or you can only get it on that network or whatever and partly that's because I just own far more handsets now but I think partly also that you know I kind of most of the, there's very few sort of operator exclusives across full ranges now um, but yeah the, the Razer and you know it was a bloody awful phone but form factor and hardware wise it was really impressive and i told all my friends at the time ah oh, look you know motorola are really going to be something big look how you know amazingly slim and attractive this phone is and uh yeah you know actually it was um it was it was pretty awful to use actually and the menus were horrendous but uh it looked it looked pretty cool i was pretty pleased with myself and um i stayed with Vodafone for a while after that um although uh, i think it was about the probably the last phone i ever bought because of because it was a, a network exclusive um, the other one I suppose I want to mention and I'm really struggling to remember now um, was um, I owned a Philips handset and I can't even remember I can't even remember what the, the the model number was, but the thing that stood out for me it was a flat candy bar, quite an elegant looking phone, you know, sort of way way back, kind of probably in the in the in the mid late 90s, and it had sort of plastic keys, and I thought, oh, you know, um, uh, Philips is going to be a really premium brand because it looked really nice, and I was kind of <laughs> embarrassed to say I bought quite a few hands, so it's just on the face of the way they looked, but. Um, to be honest, it's back in the day when you couldn't even send um, text messages to people on other networks. So you know, at that point, it was all about the hardware. So uh, yeah, I owned a Razer and a Philips phone that were pretty weird. Uh, although for the most part, those those are really only the only ones that stand out for me in sort of my personal walk of shame. Rafe, you you you've probably you were born with a Nokia in your hand, weren't you?
2: Uh, yes, well, it's sort of, I'm just trying to think of uh, non-Nokia handsets. There are, there are quite a few that have gone through my pause, but I was just thinking of the uh, 5110 and the Nokia Countdown, which was the 3210 with those Express on covers. But to move away from Nokia, I wanted well, to choose two phones that are kind of relevant to the US audience, perhaps a little more. And uh, those are the Sidekick, and it was the original Sidekick. I can't remember the exact model number. Did you have There's one in the UK? Quite, Did they even quite sell quite A few them? of them. They, they did sell them in the UK and I didn't actually buy one. I did trial one for a while from a friend. But in, in the end, I sort of uh, didn't really get into it. I never quite got that kind of sidekick addiction, which I know some people didn't. In, in some ways, that was the kind of the forerunner of the uh, Crackberry addiction, which came along later on. So I think that was pretty significant in its own way. But the other one I'd pick out is uh, the Trio One Hundred and Eighty, which was the the first Palm telephone, oh, wow. and we've sort of said goodbye to Palm, effectively. Yes, WebOS has come along, but you know, and so it's kind of a phone from yesteryear. But in its way, it was uh, you know, it was pretty far ahead of its time. I mean, this is back in two thousand two, so it's predating an awful lot of the Blackberries. So, kind of the Blackberries came along and stole its lunch in a way? And for those that don't remember, it, it did have that quirky keyboard and it sort of it was a flip down thing and a monochrome screen. So you know, it was. <laughs> back when we still had monochrome screens but it then had lots of that came along after you know the trio 270 300 up to the trio 600 which was the palm os5 one i think with the camera 2003 and that was i think i'm right in saying the last one from handspring although that might have been the 650.
0: right then i've got a a final non-nokia or blackberry handset um and it is it's a Sony. that's uh, i was going to say it's not a sony it's a motorola um, gents, do you ever remember something called the SLVR? The Motorola Sliver L7. Ah, was that... I've got
2: one in my drawer. Oh <laughs>
0: God! <laughs> was that the razor without the flip? It, it basically, I think that's a good way of just, uh, describing it. It was um, 96 grams. It was 4.9 um, centimeters. No, millimeters. 49 millimeters. Um, what does that mean? 4.9 centimeters. That's wrong. I'm I'm reading the GSM Arena thing and trying to translate it into centimeters. Anyway, it was 4.9 or 49 millimeters. What I mean to say is it's ultra slim. And let me tell you, this was one of the most embarrassing moments of my phone career. I was sitting with a, a friend, uh, a series of friends from university. And I am the geek, the ultra geek in my group of friends at university. And we'd, uh, we decided to meet up um, a couple of years after university, after we'd left, and I was sitting around. I think I can't remember what handset I had, but I was astonished, absolutely astonished, shocked, and and horrified, when a guy called Tom Crampin, okay, when he brought out a handset, checked it, and said, "Oh, my wife's calling." Answered the call, hung up, and I, well, I I pay attention to these things, and I'm thinking the hell is that phone oh my god that is an amazing device oh my god it's slim and it's a candy bar format it's not a uh, um, um the the the, uh, the razor style um and he had it he used it the the suit pocket to store it and it didn't weigh down the suit pocket at all and this was that was amazing you know um back in 2005 um it was quad band the device had 5 megabytes free memory. Uh, it was pretty amazing stuff. And I was blown away. I actually had to go back and search for it. Because I didn't I don't want to ask the guy, what is that phone you've got? Because um, that would be far too embarrassing for me. Um, and I was astonished that he had one. I'd, that really um, stands out in my mind as a, oh my god, that's an amazing device at that point. Because it was so, so, so thin. Do you remember it?
1: I I remember it, although by that point I think I'd owned a razor for long enough to know that I was never going to use a Motorola yes. device again. I mean, to be fair to them, fair they've point. they've launched some pretty competent Android devices since. But um, yeah, they, I'm afraid they went in my they had a black mark from me for for a very long time. Agreed, agreed. So um, that's we're we're pushing on for time really, so we should probably wrap up. I guess um, maybe you know what we should say then is uh, perhaps we should each just say. Um, the most important feature or handset or device manufacturer going forwards now we've talked about a load of people who've shaped you know kind of our mobile hands our handset buying decisions and um you know actually a load of brands and things that we think have changed the market over the years who do you think is going to have influence in the future because the thing that strikes me is a whole bunch of people we've reeled off have vanished into obscurity so Ewan
0: Oh, dear, that's a difficult one. A very difficult one. Okay, let me... This is a semi-easy answer, I suppose, but I think still valid. I think Apple still have game. I'm looking at the iPhone 4 um, at the moment, and it looks really old, right? It's really stayed now. I think it's really boring. I want to see what Apple do next, and I think what they do next could well be really exciting or really, really dull. Rife.
2: I'm tempted to sort of pick out one of the Asian manufacturers to avoid saying Nokia, given what everyone's going to say if I say Nokia. And I, I do think uh, ZTE and Huawei are going to be incredibly important going forward, representing oh, those kind of local manufacturers in the Chinese and in the Indian markets. But I'm also going to say Nokia because I can do so, given what I write about. Um, you know, Nokia is obviously in a low patch at the moment. But they really did pioneer the modern mobile phone, and in many ways, the modern smartphone as well. And I do believe, you know, that they can come back. And I think people sometimes forget their unprecedented scale. Even today, they do sell more mobile phones than anywhere else. And in terms of the number of people they reach, as a consumer company, they reach more people than anyone else. It's about 1.5 billion people. And just think about that on, you know, the scale of the planet we're talking about one in every five people is reached by Nokia in some shape or form. And that kind of scale is pretty hard to really get your mind around. And so I think going forward, you know, they will recover. um, You know, their smartphone stuff has been poor in recent years, but they've been pushing out the feature phones. And I believe in the future they'll continue to do so in both areas. And it will be a company we continue to talk about for years to come and will, you know, set the shape of mobile just as much as Apple and Google are doing so
1: so uh you've stolen my thunder because i was going to say huawei since you've stolen those guys i think lg um i think at the moment lg is a bit in the wilderness but they're a huge huge brand they've got big money behind them and i think actually as we see um some of the various platforms sort of you know, fade away, and we see a bit of uh, aggregation and this kind of stuff. You know, I...
2: and what makes you yeah. think LG rather than Samsung, Ben? Uh,
1: because I think Samsung's already huge and slow, and probably going to now struggle with its scale. And I think LG has the the size and the appetite to actually compete. You know, they're, they're the ones with something to prove. Whereas I think Samsung's well embedded with all the major manufacturers. And I'm sure it was going to be big and successful. But I think if you look at people who are going to make a difference, who are going to, you know, actually cause a change in the market, that's um, that—that's them to me. The only other thing I that's was... Right. The only other thing I would say is, um, of course, with Nokia adopting Windows Phone, that means we can have Windows Phone Virtu handsets, and my god, I want one of those. I don't think I can ever afford it, but I really want a, like a premium handset at some point in my life, just so I can say I have owned one, like a, a Rolex or a Montblanc pen, you know, just, just for the <laughs> prestige of owning one, and um, those could actually be the first handsets where you wouldn't be embarrassed to turn it on, because uh, and while you and I were in Prague, we went into the Virtue shop, didn't we? We did some interviews oh, and we got that. to handle some of those handsets, and they were they were beautiful so uh, yeah i want i want one of those but i don't think they're going to change the market it's just something i want so for it listening please send me a free one next podcast we don't know what it's going to be on where we're going to record it or what we're going to be discussing but there will be prizes that much i can promise you so uh, yes that's very exciting okay say good night mcleod uh, good night say good night rafe
2: good night everybody
1: Okay. Thank you everyone for listening very much I hope you've enjoyed this slightly more relaxed podcast Be sure to let us know if you didn't in the comments Good night